podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, oh. The top is so much better than the bottom. So much better. What's up, party people? This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. You are now joining the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. It's me flying solo because Jeremy's not able to be here due to a little bit of a family issue we had with an aunt who got sick. She is on the mend, so he's down there with her, and I'm here with y'all. Today, I want to talk about pop culture. What might be today's pop culture, you might ask? Well, in in a 2014 survey of 1,000 Americans conducted by the automotive website Edmunds, most said buying a vehicle was more stressful than going on a first date or even getting married. And 33% said they'd rather do their taxes or sit in the middle seat on an airplane than go car shopping. Clearly, we have an issue. Now, the reason I bring this up is because I just recently did some car shopping myself. I went out and I was looking for a vehicle because it was time for me to have a new vehicle. I didn't need a new brand, brand new vehicle. I don't believe in buying brand new vehicles unless I'm straight balling. And I'm not straight balling, not quite yet. But you understand what a brother trying to be. And so I went out and got me a 2017 Toyota RAV4. Claps, round of applause, whatever you want to give me right there, Jordan. Throw that in there. Throw that in there. Um, but it's just a people mover. And just buying a people mover was so much stress. And I knew what I wanted. I knew basically what I wanted. I knew basically where I was going to get it. And it caused so much stress. Why? Why? Well, the answer is because I don't like to spend money. And my bet is that most of you guys don't like to spend your hard-earned money either. You like to keep what's yours, yours. And you would like to have a new car, but you don't want to put out all the effort it takes to get that new vehicle. You got to do research. And what I did personally, was lean on some friends who are good at doing research. My homeboy Ryan, a.k.a. Grandfather, he did some research for me. He helped me find what I was looking for, and I was able to go get it, and then I got it. But for so many people, there's more to it than that. You do credit checks. Um, you're You're looking at reports on things that have gone wrong with these vehicles, brand recognizing, recognition, uh, resale value. There's so many different things that go into buying a car, and it's just frustrating. And then on top of that, you got to deal with people. So I went in on a Monday, and you can imagine it's packed in the car dealership on a Monday. Why? Because they've been off on the weekend, so now everybody's in there trying to get what they want to get. The car I was originally going to get was in Springfield, Ohio. I was driving there. I was about halfway there when they called me and told me the car had been sold out from under me. So I had to change my whole plan. Ended up shopping in Columbus based on that. And it's just, ah. But anyway, we talked to some of y'all. Like, I put it out there because I wanted to know how you guys felt about car shopping. Because I know how I felt. I know what it does to me. Um, And I feel like I'm a pretty easygoing guy, pretty even-keeled guy. And I know what it does to me. So I put it out there, what is car, or basically I wrote car shopping is, and let people finish it. I put it on Twitter, and I put it on uh, Facebook. And these were some of the responses that we got on Facebook. Let me find it right, real quick. Let me find it. Let me find it. I'll read through it. We got a lot of comments, to be honest. Um, some people said that it was actually fun. <laughs> some, people, some people said that it was the same thing as a prostate examination. 
Some people said it was great if you know what you want. It's the worst. Seve Astrox says it's easy at Astrox Auto of Charleston. And, of course, I was asking for it because I put it out there for him to say. Some people say that it's fun if you think of it in a positive way. Best when you're purchasing from CarMax where the price is on the window and there is no haggling. Now, see, that's where I find it interesting. I personally like to haggle. If you can't tell, I like to talk. I like to deal with humans. I like to haggle. I like to haggle when I know what I'm haggling about, when I know what it's worth. The problem is when you deal with used vehicles especially, it's hard to tell what exactly it's worth because it's really about the market and where you're fighting. And so when you get to the haggle, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But for me, I like haggling. Tara Tolliver White said that it's fun if you're spending someone else's money. And who's going to argue with that? What kind of shopping isn't more fun when you're spending someone else's money? It's always more fun when you're spending someone else's money. Just ask the government, right? Holla at your boy. Uh, Angie Alves, a friend of ours, a friend of the show. She has a car. uh, She actually has an auto shop. She says car shopping is brutal. Stressful, anxiety, torture, super stressful. These are all words associated with car shopping, according to the people who follow me on Facebook and on Twitter. So what do you think? If you're listening to the show right now, tell me what you think about car shopping. How would you describe car shopping? Because I'm going to tell you right now. I don't care if I know what I want. I don't care if I have a... The only, the only thing is if I had unlimited resources, unlimited resources, would the car shopping then be fun? Because then I just drive until I found exactly what I wanted. When unlimited resources are not an option, it's stressful. Because you're parting with money and you're not sure you're making exactly the right purchase until you get it and then you got it. And that's where I am. I got it. So holla at you boys. Let us know what you think. Tell us what you think about car shopping. Tell us what you think about what it feels like to actually go out there and spend your heart on money on something that you're not sure about. And uh, actually... Maybe you are sure about it, and that's why it's not such a big deal. Either way, get us your boys, Raspy Voice Kids. RVK, baby, all day. Raspy Voice! Big shout to Shrinkables! Shrinkables! Supporting the RVK partnership since day one. Hey, this is Brandon from the Raspy Voice Kids. We are now teamed up with SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the place to go and get your tickets for any live event that you want to be a part of, especially if you're a sports fan. Use code RaspyVoice, R-A-S-P-Y-V-O-I-C-E, and you get $20 off your first purchase. Code RaspyVoice at SeatGeek. Download the app. Get to saving now. You want the dopest gear out? You want to look fresh while rocking the Mountaineer brands? The best thing to do is go to bookexchangewv.com. That's where you get the flyest apparel. The Book Exchange is going to hook you up for listening to the RVK. Use code R-A-S-P-Y-V-O-I-C-E, Raspy Voice. Code Raspy Voice when you go to bookexchangewv.com to get the flyest Mountaineer gear and souvenirs. It's now time to talk West Virginia University basketball. I want to talk about basketball because we have been in a bad situation. A three-game slide. Nobody likes to lose. And here we've been losing. And I am Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. One half of the Raspy Voice kids. I'm here because Jeremy's not able to be here with us. It's just me today. You're going to have to just deal with me today. And uh, hopefully it'll get you guys through. But what did you think about the game, fellas? 
What do you think about the games, game, ladies? How'd you feel West Virginia bounced back from that three-game slide, huh? My personal opinion is we got what we were looking for. We played defense. We are now, according to the West Virginia Stats guy on Twitter, the number one defense ranked in Ken Palm's rankings. So what was the difference last night? The big difference is we made shots. You know, shots, 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 shots. It's not just a song. Everything's better when you make shots. And even though our offense was not perfect, it really was not perfect, especially not in that first half. It was terrible. At one point, we were 2 for 14 from 3. In the second half, Taz Sherman, Sean McNeil got going. We got some shots to fall. Jermaine Haley at the end of the first half got a 3 to fall. When those shots go in, everything is better. I've been saying it forever. Everything's better when shots go down. Everything's better. The defense is better. The hustle is better. The rebounding's better. The everything's better. The officiating's better. We all complain about officiating. Did anybody notice last night? No one was complaining about officiating. There were some people who said that our big guys got hammered, and they did. But we were doing some hammering of our own, and we did not get called for the foul that I thought we would get called for. So I was happy with what we did. I'm happy with where we were ranked. I'm happy with where we are at 19-7 and seven in a 2019-2020 basketball season. After the season that we had last year, Bobby Huggins has turned this team around. Now, is it perfect? No. Because we still aren't performing this way on the road. This was a home win against a 3-9 and nine in the Big 12 basketball team in Oklahoma State. The Cowpokes are not very good. But West Virginia basketball showed what it really is. And that is, we are a solid team. We're not the best team in the conference. We're not the best team in the country. But we can play with anybody. Especially if it's at home or on a neutral court. We only have one loss at home. We're undefeated on a neutral court. And when shots are going down, this team's going to look good. Bobby Huggins is who he is. He's a legendary coach. Is he perfect? No. But who do you expect perfection from? Roy Williams has multiple national championships. And look at North Carolina this year. Look at him. Would you rather be in their position? The answer is no. You don't want to be in their position. But you recognize that just because Bobby Huggins doesn't get everything right doesn't mean that he's going to get everything wrong. And it doesn't mean that he's not the guy for our team. And the people who are saying that he's not, which there are some, they're crazy, but there are some, they're out of their mind. Watch what this team does and how they respond to his leadership. Watch what this team does and how they respond to Bobby Huggins and the entire coaching staff. This team is young. You look at Derek Culver and you don't think of him as a sophomore, but that's what he is. He's a sophomore. So he doesn't start. You're not sure how he's going to respond. How did he respond? The dude came out and he played ball. Oscar Shibway, eight points. I think he had 15 rebounds. He could have had a double-double, but he had to sit. They didn't let him play for the last few minutes. I just love our front court. I really do. If our guard play can step up and play better basketball as far as not turning the ball over and making better entry passes, but more importantly, scoring the ball, this team's going to be dangerous come March. And I know right now everybody's worried about seeding, but I think it's more important to worry about the draw. Because sometimes where you get to play and who you get to play is far more important than what your seed actually says. And so that's what we're looking at right now. Hopefully these guys like Jordan McCabe, um, Derek or Brandon Napper who didn't play, um, Logan Rout, they don't quit. They continue being the cheerleaders that they were. And Brandon Napper said last night on Twitter that all he cares about is winning. And if everybody has that mentality, this team's going to be fire. And even if we don't get everything we want this year, the growth will continue into next year. And that's what I'm looking forward to personally as a Mountaineer Hoops fan. What are you looking forward to? What do you want to see? 
Let us know. You can get at us leaving us an anchor message. You can tweet at us. You can get at us on direct messaging in Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We respond to all that stuff. Get at your boys, the RVK, the Raspy Voice Kid. Raspy Voice! Raspy Voice! We love our man, Jim Ashley, the quintessential businessman and international world traveler, Jim Ashley. We thank you for being a sponsor and partner with the show. We love having you on. Can't wait till you're here again. The Raspy Voice Kids are brought to you by Swill Dog Hard Cider, the finest hard cider in all of the world, made right there in Franklin, West Virginia. They are encouraging you to get Swill. WVU Baseball, winners, winners, as the herd hater would say, 15 to 8. Young pitchers getting tried by fire, but learning as they go. The bats hot, 15 points, 15 runs, I should say. I love what we're doing out there on the baseball diamond. Coach Randy Mazie has his guys swinging the bats. It's early, but we won our first series, and then we got Canisius, and we went out and we did our thing. And I just love when we're winning. I love when we get to sing Country Roads for any reason, but last night we got to do it two times. And I say last night because today is Wednesday, February the 19th, when I'm recording this, even though you're going to be listening to this later than that. Um, and we got to sing Country Roads on two occasions, for two, for two different occasions, for two different reasons. One, because we wanted basketball. Two, because we wanted baseball. And we did it despite perfection. We didn't have to be perfect to win, but we won. We went out there, we got those bats swinging, and I'm happy for that. Um, Hopefully this year we get to host a regional again. Hopefully this year we get to make it to the College World Series. And hopefully we can bring home a national championship because that's the ultimate goal in any sport that you're playing at any level. And the Mountaineers certainly have the talent and the ability to do that. It's just a question of will it happen. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know baseball as well as I know basketball and football. I don't. But I do know that we have we have a squad that's got skills and we definitely have um, reasons to be optimistic. So I just wanted to throw that in there. I wanted to make sure we got to talk about baseball a little bit because we don't talk about it as much. We're trying right now, just so you know, we're efforting getting Randy Maisie on the show. We've already had Amanda Maisie on the show, and she was great. She was absolutely fantastic. She's a great follow on Twitter, so if you get a chance, follow her on Twitter. Um, and once we get Coach on, then we can ask him some more in-depth questions, and we can get some of the questions you guys have been asking to him. And we can see exactly where we stand and what he wants to do going forward. But I wanted to throw that in there. The baseball team representing for WVU. Rat me, boys! This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, with Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix. We are back for another RVK Golden Blue interview, and today we have with us one of the most YouTube people of all time, a Florida legend, a West Virginia legend, and now a West Virginia Rough Rider legend and champion, Noel Devine. What's up, Noel? How you doing? Thanks for having me. How are everyone doing today? We're good, man. I don't know why the music just went off my head. We're taking over one city at a time. <laughs> yeah, that's how Noel's doing it. How many how many times do you look at your ring? How many times do you look at your ring a day? Oh uh, man, uh, my West Virginia rings. I have three of them. I have one uh, from the Fiesta Bowl, and I have one from my sophomore year for winning Big East, and then one from my junior year. Uh, the Gator Bowls and Big East champs. Um, those I look at them all the time. I have them just sitting 
sitting in my drawer, kind of like a little showcase there for me. So I just looked and reminisced the times that we had and shared those times with my kids. And um, it also motivated me to receive another ring here in the arena ball for West Virginia Rough Riders, uh, where we played uh, the city of was in Willing at West Banco Arena. We won the championship. Then y'all had a little party afterwards, I noticed. Uh, popping bottles like we won the championship game. <laughs> you did it, man. And it wasn't all easy because you guys started out behind. Yeah, the championship game, we started behind uh, first half, the first quarter, 15-0. Uh, the energy Carolina Energy came out swinging, and they jumped on us. Our offense was kind of flat. Then um, after the second half, we got together. We pulled through. Um, it was At that point, it was about who executed well and made less, less, lesser mistakes. And um, we came out, executed on offense, and then when we did well, we came out with a victory. So everybody knows now they've seen your journey, and they know that you – we're, like we talked about, a West Virginia legend. And we, we're talking about you being a rough rider. And, and you guys did such a big thing for the state, bringing home that title, the professional title. The question I want to ask, though, is how do you go from being a Florida boy to a mountain man? <laughs> oh, man. I'm proud to be a mountaineer. And, um, yes, sir. It, it takes a lot to be a mountaineer. I had to earn that. And, um well, when I was recruited, of course, I was recruited by every school, almost every school there is in the U.S. Um, I had some academic um, issues. I almost didn't qualify academically with my grades. Um, I had to boost my GPA uh, to like from a, like a 2.3 to a 2.5 so I could uh, score because it's, uh, test scores is a sliding grade scale on the, SA, on the ACT. But once I uh, boosted my GPA with my E2020 classes, and um, I qualified the last ACT I took. West Virginia still was in my corner. Rich Rodriguez and Calvin McGee, Calvin McGee, they still believed in me. And um, they still, they, they, they believe I was going to pull through academically. And all the rest of the schools backed away. I took a visit to uh, Alabama. That's when Nick Saban just got there. And um, he tried telling me any discipline, guidance, structure or something. I'm not sure what, what he had heard about me or if he had heard about me leaving Deion Sanders home or whatnot. But um, that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I took my visit to West Virginia, opened up to Rich Rodriguez. It just felt like a second home to me. I fell in love with the mountains. And then it just went on from there. I, I committed. And then my first game, had to stand in ovation. Uh, it was awesome. Um, that was some of the best fans I ever played in front of. So when the opportunity came to play arena ball, I never thought I would play arena ball. Just to return back to my second home to West Virginia, uh, there was no hesitation. I'm like, I got to go back with some of the best fans and best members I had playing football, so I returned uh, to West Virginia to play the arena ball, and that's how I end up in the great state of West Virginia playing football. I love it so much. I love the passion that you have, and I, you can feel like the real heartfelt truth in loving West Virginia, and West Virginia loves you too. I said that on the beginning of the podcast. The, the, the YouTube, I remember it said, the fastest, nation, the fastest backfield in the nation just got faster. They were showing Pat White, Steve Slayton, <laughs> then here comes the all divine highlights. I was so pumped. I was so amped. And you yeah. got here and you put on, out of all your days in the Golden Blue, I'm not talking about a specific game. What was your best moment? One of them like Nicki Minaj moments, like I want this moment for life. Do you, do you have one of those wearing the old Golden Blue? Um, I, I, w- I would say I kind of have two. Like I said before, my first game ever, I had ran for like one yard or so. And just going into the game, just the whole stadium just stood up and started cheering, clapping. It was like, I, uh, Divine's here. I arrived. It's like uh, they was waiting to see you if the hype was real. So, I mean, that was one of my moments. That's my first college career game ever. 60,000 60, fans cl- uh, clapping and cheering for me. It was it was surreal. But um, 
the bowl game, of course, my fiesta, the Fiesta Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl game we played in. Yeah. Just having Steve Clayton go down, a guy that I looked up to and competed uh, with, and that pushed me to be the best uh, just by competing up at practice and then in the games. Um, he went down in the Fiesta Bowl, and um, I had my opportunity to step in. And then um, I didn't look back. I took oh. off, and I took and I took it and ran with it, and I did the best with the opportunity. Yeah. So, I mean, you killed it. That, I remember that was one you, of my best moments as well. Yeah, you killed it. And I remember being in the stadium when you came on, and we were like, oh, there he is, and, and like celebrating. But tell us about the pick game. The pick game, the run. <laughs> there was a whole lot of offense, but that has to be one of the best moments in your life, right? Well, not not the Fiesta Bowl it, year pick game, the – uh, no, okay. pit game I'm say, talking about. It depends depend what pit game we're talking about. No, now, we don't talk play, about it. You got to be specific. You got to be specific. I got bad blood. No, got bad we had, we had, we had uh, Pat McAfee on. We explained to him we do not talk about that game. Oh, okay. I'm okay. talking about the one yeah. you ran the touchdown and won it for us. 88-yard touchdown run? Yes, sir. Scooter Burr on the, on the sideline oh, crying. Yeah, I mean – that was that was an emotional game. It's always an emotional game playing against Pitt, just for the simple fact I know and the guys from the 07 team know what we had a chance of doing with that 07 team and how great we were. We know what we could have done. But um, we, uh, unfortunately, my freshman year, we lost that game to Pitt. Um, my, my junior year, we beat Pitt, and I had the 88-yard uh, touchdown run to seal the game. And I think uh, Benneker, he kicked a field goal, and um, that was to seal the game. And um, it was it was it was surreal. It was like payback. It was like revenge, but we'll never get the revenge back from missing a national uh, title game. I don't know what you're talking about. You're talking about stuff I don't know either. I don't know what you're talking about. No clue. You got me twisted. I don't even know. I don't remember. (laughs) So so speaking of those, all those games were fun games. I mean, in the um, rival games, you always want to do your best and play your best. Um, pit 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 games was those games where everyone wanted to play their best because it was backyard uh, rival and so much rich tradition in those games and so much history. I mean, in those games. Now you went through coaching transition, a coaching transition with those teams. You talked about Rich Rod and Calvin McGee, and then you went to Bill Stewart and Jeff Mullen. What was that like for you? Um, you know, at, at first, the first first going through the transition, it was tough. Cause, you know, I was recruited by Rich Rodriguez, and uh, <laughs> and um, when Rich Rod and his whole coaching staff left, I was kind of confused because those were the guys that brought me in. So um, I just felt uh, I felt comfortable with Rich, with Rich Rod and Calvin McGee. So when um, Bill Stewart had the chance to take the job, I didn't really know too much about him. So I was kind of torn in between the two. At first, I was going to leave and go to Michigan. Then I decided to stay because um, I had other teammates like Jock Sanders. And uh, Pat White, that was Young Jock. Stewart. And then once I, yeah, Jock, that's my guy, dynamic duo. Wait a minute. So did Rich Rod recruit you to Michigan? Uh, no, Rich Rod recruited me to Michigan. But um, I had conversations on the phone with him, um, thinking about transferring to Michigan with, with, with him and his uh, coaching staff. I so, will. so what do you think about these guys yeah. going from Dana Holgerson – to Neil Brown, what are they experiencing? Um, well, I think it's going to be a tough transition for a lot of the guys. I see uh, Neil Brown as a Bill Stewart type guy. I see Dana Hogerson as a as a Rich Rod guy, and um, both of them were successful to me. And um, both of them had a different style of coaching. Um, I feel like Neil Brown he's, he's more like. Uh, guys, guys, and, and how to do things and how to do them the way, and how to be a professional. 
And I feel like Baylor over there, he's all about the football side, just winning, just winning, just winning. And, um, sure, I feel like Neil Brown's going to get the job done. I mean, I haven't seen much of Neil Brown, but I just believe in him from my first, my first personal meeting with him. Just seemed like a, a well-rounded, all-around great guy. And real great guy. And dealing with athletes, and I feel like that just rub off on the athletes into being great as well. Uh, if, if, the, if the players buy in to what he's coaching and what he's teaching, and I feel like he'll have a great uh, great year this year. And also have guys I played with that um, that I played for and I played with. Hey, you're a little um, muffled. You're a little yeah, muffled. Julian Miller. Hey, yeah, you're a little muffled. Hey, give me a second. You're a little muffled. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Start talking again. All right. Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Hello? Uh, all right. Yeah, I'm saying like Julian Miller, who's on the coaching staff. He's a great guy. He's a mountaineer. I played there when I was there. And you got um, um, you got Julian, then you got um, Lebron. He just returned one of the yep. defensive coaches, so they should be really good on defense. I know they lost pieces on players like the seniors, the returners, um, and then you and then you have oh uh, man, Will Tyler Will Johnson, Lasky. Will Johnson as well. Yeah, Will Johnson. He's a great guy as well. He played at WVU when I was there. And yep. He's a great coach. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like Will Brown's going to do good. He, he got the right guys around him. He got the right staff. He got some guys that, that was Mountain Hills that's used to the tradition and used to, to the ways that we do things. So um, I feel like he's going to do great. Just give him a year or two. Now, we hope we hope so, too. We, we hope that they definitely have the right man. We think that they have the right man in there. And hopefully, you know, it'll, it'll excel and we go to the top. But you talk about, you know, uh, collegiate football. And we know you were with the West Virginia Rough Riders. We know you played in the CFL. You played in the NFL. What's the difference yeah. between these leagues? Because there's people like me who I look at these things and I'm thinking, well, football is football. But what's the difference <laughs> in each one of these leagues? Well, of course, you got – you got young, hungry men that's uh, coming in out of high school that um, want to prove themselves to the world. Um, I feel like at the collegiate level, you have more hungry athletes. And then at the NFL, it's a job. You have grown men that have to provide for their kids. And NFL, the game is a lot faster. You have linebackers that's running four, four threes, four fours. You got two linebackers in this year's combine ranks, four fours. And you got, you got running backs that's running four fours, four fives. So, I mean, the game is a lot faster at the NFL level. Uh, in Canada, the field's wider, the field's bigger. So, it's a 20-second play clock. So, actually, in Canada, the game is actually a little faster because you don't have 30 seconds to catch your breath. So, the tempo of the game is faster. So, um, and the field's wider. So, for guys like me, that's fast. It's fun um, to make people miss um, wider space, bigger space. And then, um, of course, in arena ball, the, field's <laughs> the field is obviously the field. It's smaller. It's a lot smaller. So, Guys like me again, that's, that's fast and quick, and that can move in a little space. Um, There's the speed at it, and uh, it's fun. And in the day, how I feel about it, I have I've been playing football, and I love playing football. I've been the game I've been since I was 12 years old, and now I'm 31, and I still have opportunities to play this game. So um, it's fun, and I'm still going to do it. So I love it. It's football. Football is football, and I love playing football. Uh, love it, I'm going to play it uh, to, to the highest level I, I can play at. So y'all, y'all going to repeat next year? Rough Riders uh, <laughs> back to back like Drake. That's tough. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. That's what we talked about before I left the team. Um, you, you rarely see teams that have the same exact team. So, like this year, it's the 2019 team, the 
I doubt it if we'll see the same team because we got a, a, a good group of guys that was on that team. We got an All-American team. I feel like, and um, I think we can. I think the team can repeat, but I just I'm not sure of like the uh, chemistry and then the, uh, the the personnel of guys that the Rough Riders will have next year. Maybe guys will get bigger opportunities for the XFL, for uh, for the Canadian League, or for a higher arena league. So I'm um, I see them repeating because there's been a great organization before I uh, played for them and before they was in West Virginia they've been winning games. They've been successful, so I, I think it's a possibility that the Rough Riders, West Virginia Rough Riders, can uh, do a repeat of championship. Uh, you're right too. There, there's so many new leagues coming out, the XFL and what's out of the league. I mean, there's just so many things going on. But specifically with the NFL, man, I remember you going to the NFL, and I was so pumped. I couldn't wait to see you, you know, <laughs> line up on one of the NFL teams. But the truth is, I, I honestly don't know what really happened. What happened with the exit? I mean, can you break that down for me? Yeah. Um, man, well, unfortunately, I had I had my opportunity. I didn't go draft. I went on draft it, and um, that was kind of devastating to me. I, I thought I had the talent to play at the next level. I thought I, I would at least have would have been drafted in one of those seven rounds. So, like, that was kind of like a blow to me. And on top of that, um, my best friend ended up getting killed like a week or, or a week or the same day before I ended up going into Philly. Like a childhood friend of my best friend. That's like the second friend I lost. I lost friend when I was sixteen in high school basketball. I dedicated my junior year to him. And um, just doing it, man, it hurt so much. I just wanted to quit and give up. Um, I, I dehydrated one day to get in the IV, and I was going to compete for a job the, next, the, the same day, man. So, like, at the time, it was just too much. And um, it was a bad time. And one day, I just basically, I, went, I quit. I, I walked out. Um, I told my agent I didn't want to be there no more. He asked me if I talked to Dion, which is my mentor. I told him, I was just frustrated and going through a lot of time. I was confused, but man, football has always been um, what's, what's kept me happy and just kept me away from things. Like my lost my mom, there's always been something to keep me cool, keep, keep my energy positive, and just something to build, build on, get my mind, get back up, and just pump me everything. Football's been everything for me. So, like when that happened, uh, it's just like my dream turned into a nightmare. Not being Jack's best friend to kill. Two things. I at least was hoping for him drive and then pick him. So I knew how to pick up my best friend. That's my best friend. I mean, so I think we grew up through the same school and everything together. Um, when that happened, I walked out and that just felt empty, man. It just it ain't it didn't feel right. Fulfilling your dreams, there's no better feeling than fulfilling your dreams. And um, I just I walked out and I went to the USL United Football League. Did that in Omaha over for like four games or so that ended up folding. It was under scripture. You know, with choice knows just with a ton of different uh, professional athletes, just learn how to uh, be a professional and how to go about the business side of it. And then after that, I went to Canada and Montreal two years, and then I uh, went to Edmonton in 2015 for my own um, NCAA and yeah. I haven't played three years until this year. I played and I played for them, and I feel great. Yeah, and you're winning championships now. The one last question I have about the NFL is: Do you feel like you've been blacklisted by them? That that you were blacklisted after that? <laughs> I mean, I made money. And um, honestly, I do regret. I, I regret my decision of walking out. And how I said, if it was me, it would be. I would have been back in the league. Um, I don't have an agent. I don't have nobody rooting for me, pulling for me, you know, telling them what I'm doing at home. I train athletes for a living. I'm training with athletes, showing how to do drills. Yeah, divine but, um, speed. I feel like, yeah, I feel, yes, divine speed. Shout out to them. Shout out to divine speed. Yeah, I feel like I was kind of blackball a little bit, blackmail, whatever you want to call it. But um. I just feel like I made a, I made a, uh, a decision, and unfortunately, it wasn't the best decision that I made in my life. 
And um, I got to live with those consequences. Had I had people uh, rooting for me, like Pat Man, like Dion rooting for Pat Man, giving him second chances, and um, all the other guys, Dan Byron, all those guys, and that, that, that story, those guys uh, was in the NFL and made a name for themselves. I, I was there and didn't get a chance to uh, get a play in um, before I end up uh, walking out of court. But um, once, once you do stuff like that, there's a lot of question marks that, that goes up, especially with me since I was a little kid and walking out of the yeah. question mark. So I feel like when I walked out of the NFL, there, there's going to be question mark. Well, what is, why this guy walked out? Nobody really knew what was going on. People still don't yeah. know what's going on. They still question what's going on. I never really cleared, cleared the air up. But, um, no, we appreciate yeah, that, you that, that Yeah. Yeah, I no, mean, thank you guys for the opportunities. You know, that's, that's the one thing that I wondered. I really did wonder. But, you know, it's one of the things where you live and you grow and you live and you learn. And now you're here back in West Virginia winning championships, putting on. We watch you on Instagram. We see you on the Twitter feed doing your thing. Well, Raising your kids. You know, Getting yeah. them out there, having them yes, be sir. successful. That's got hey, to be that's, 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 that's the size of a champion. It's crazy because when I was in family picture with my uh, mom, my stepdad, my stepbrothers, my shirt say champ, man. The champ is, is what's in your heart. As long as you – Fully never really quit or give up, and you keep going, keep overcoming obstacles, and persevering. Man, you're gonna be successful. You're gonna be, you're gonna be a champ. That's how I see it. I'm a champion. I never quit. I never gave up. You always Word a champion, still going, always, man. All Mountain Nation, all 1.8 million of us. Yeah, forever, man, forever. And uh, we can't wait until they give you. Hey, I love Mountain Nation, man. Honest to God, bro. I, I love everything about West Virginia. I love the fans. I love the stadium. I love the support. I love the football team. I love all the sports. I love the, the school, the academic program, everything, man. Let's go Mountain there. Hit him, hit him with I'll the tell you, question. I'll tell you one thing he didn't love was me asking him and Tavon to come on the show repeatedly uh, over and over again. He was like, man, will you stop asking about that podcast? <laughs> That's one thing you don't love about Mountain Nation. Let's be real, Noel. Let's be real. Hey, I did it, though. I'm not you did it. I support the movement. I can't say I support the movement because I did it. You did it. You did it. All right, so we're going to ask you the last questions, all right? Yes, sir. All right. What's the best flavor of Pop-Tart? Oh, man. It, when I was younger, it used to be uh, cinnamon and brown sugar. Now I'm a strawberry guy. Oh. <laughs> yes, you mature. That's a, but that's the first time we've ever got both answers because I'm, I'm, I'm brown sugar. He's strawberry. All right. All right. What's a better movie, Lion King or Toy Story? Oh, Lion King, without a doubt. Boom. Yeah. Wait for the new one to come out. <laughs> best, fast Lion food, King. best fast food french fry. Oh, my Lord. Ah. Uh, Oh, uh, does um? What are we talking about? Uh, like <laughs> um, Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A's just that's yours. Right, you yeah. go with the waffle fries. Yeah. And then does ketchup go on a hot yeah. dog? Oh yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, all day. All right, and, and the last one. We need a true. No, this is not the last one because I got one after this. All right, I need a real answer for you. This was all our pop culture. We asked somebody else who we did an interview with earlier. You got to give me a real answer. Do you pee in swimming pools? <laughs> you got to keep it real. No, be real. no I don't. <laughs> keep it a buck. <laughs> No, he don't. No, that's he don't. I feel as a lie. Yeah. Right. I feel like hey, he's lying to me. Hey. You know people open their eyes when they swim on the water when they don't have goggles. <laughs> they open their eyes, open their mouth, in their nostrils. 
Oh, that's disgusting. Um, <laughs> All right, last I have, question. I have. <laughs> last question. Jordan or LeBron? Oh, Jordan, legend. Hey, you, you got to respect the guys. You got to respect the guys that come before him, before his time, and that did did what he did. Jordan did his thing before LeBron. All right. I got to I got to if I if I'll pick Tavon or Steve Slayton. No, I'm gonna pick Steve Slayton. Steve Slayton he's going that pretty much got me to come out. Just watching him and Pat White break out and run the same thing. So I gotta respect the guys that come before Jordan all day. Look at that humility. Noel Devine. You, you look- those those who've come since Noel need to respect the legend that was number seven. So we thank you for joining us. This is a great interview, a lot of fun, man. You answered our questions. You came through. Thank you for your time. We know you're busy. Check out Divine Speed if you want to get right. My man's getting people right. Check him out, Noel. Tell them where they can find you. You can find Divine Speed on Instagram, on Facebook. Go follow those pages. Check me out, see what I got going. That one's Florida. All right. We appreciate you, brother. All right. Thank you guys for having me. Looking forward to doing more interviews with you. All right. Later on. Podcast Network.